Good morning, Community Life Church family. All right. Hey, listen, I mean, who would have thought two years ago, the last time we were together as a church family in person, we would have to wait 700-some days before we'd be able to come back together and join. So I just want to say, can you give me a happy Easter? I need that. It's so good. Happy Easter, all right? Yes. If you're watching online, I just want you to say happy Easter to you. We are so glad that you're joining in with us. We are one in spirit with you, and we're going to celebrate Jesus' resurrection today. Hey, if there is one thing that we have learned from all that's happened in the news over the last year plus, it is that the news headline doesn't always tell the news story, does it? Have you ever had this experience? You're on one news channel or one news website and you see a headline and you read the story and then you go to another news website or another news channel and you realize that they're telling the same exact story but with a completely different headline with a completely different take. Now, obviously that happens all the time in things like national events and politics, but did you know that some of the most popular movies that our country has ever seen actually opened up to some really, really, really negative headlines. For instance, see if you can guess what movie goes with this headline. The headline is, it's an assemblage of spare parts. It has no emotional grip. An epic without a dream. All right, some of you are going to be really offended by this, but guess what movie? Star Wars. The first one that came out, I think it's the fourth one in order, this was the headline. But then everyone saw the movie, and you're not surprised that the headline went from this to a headline like this. America goes wild over movie Star Wars. And America's still going wild to the extent that we really can't even count how many movies there are. Depends on who you ask. People disagree about it because there are so many Star Wars movies because the headline changed. Let's do another one. Here's the headline. What does $200 million buy? Well, the three-hour and 14-minute blank unhesitatingly answers, not enough. Got your guess? If you were a teenager in the 90s, the three-hour and 14-minute might give it away. It was the Titanic, the only movie I can ever remember to, going to that has an intermission in between. The Titanic. But you know what happened when the movie came out? It was wildly popular. The next summer, the headline was the Titanic record, ties record with 11 Oscars, including Best Picture. And it's actually the third highest grossing movie of all time, $2.5 billion. The headline completely changed. One last one. See if you can guess this one. Lost in the blank. Pretentious sci-fi thriller. All right, you know, if we're going to talk about movies, we've got to throw a Keanu Reeves movie in there. It is The Matrix. And actually, I, I wanted to share, this was from the story, but this was so funny. This was beneath the headline, it is astonishing that so much money, talent, technical expertise, and visual imagination could be put in the service of something so stupid. <laughs> and yet, the Matrix set off the Matrix trilogy, with, which led to this headline, Reality of the Matrix, It Kills on Opening Day. And it's still killing it. I don't know if you heard, but another Matrix movie is coming out in 2022. You see, we can, we can look at these headlines and we laugh because we know how successful the movie became sort of makes the headline ridiculously untrue. Same movie, same story, two vastly different headlines. Well, this morning we're going to jump back into our series in Colossians called Jesus is Greater Than. And we're going to look at one line 
from the story in Colossians. It's Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, where Paul writes this. This is the verse from the story, and he says, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Now, in our time together today, I want you to do something for me. I want you to imagine that we're not sitting in our church in 2021 reading this line from the story. And, and we're not actually even imagining that Paul was writing this line in a story to the Colossians 30 years after Jesus had risen from the, from the dead. I want you to imagine this line in an article in the Jerusalem Times newspaper early the first Easter morning. Luke chapter 24 sets the stage. Luke tells us that on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. These were women who had followed Jesus, had trusted him throughout his whole ministry, and watched him die on the cross. And they were on the way to the grave where he was buried to put some perfumes and spices on his lifeless, nail-torn, or nail-pierced, cat-of-nine-tails-torn body. And as they're walking there, they at least knew that his body would be wrapped in linens this time. And they wouldn't have to see him exposed and unclothed as he had been on the cross. And they wouldn't be faced with all the markings on his body. And if on the way there they had grabbed a newspaper, had there been newspapers at that time, the headline might have read something like this. Another Messiah story ends in a grave. And the line from the story would have been an all-too-painful and all-too-accurate reminder of what they had witnessed just two days ago. The words, in having disarmed the powers and authorities, would have reminded them that Jesus had no miraculous power that day. They had prayed, they had begged God to send a legion of angels to rescue him from that cross, but no angel army came. There was no authoritative teaching that day for a guy who had built his reputation by captivating crowds with his penetrating words. He said very little. When they read the words, a public spectacle had been made. It would have reminded them of the well-known Roman military practice of marching conquered enemies through the streets of Rome to be ridiculed and mocked before being executed. And that's what had happened to their rabbi. He hadn't just been killed. He had been mocked and shamed and dehumanized. They, they hung a sign above his name on that cross that said, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. And it was meant to rub in his beaten, blood-soaked face that he had been a failure. And it was meant to remind all of his followers that they had been delusional for following him. And when in the article they would have read the words triumphing over them by the cross, the words them could have been the fact that Jesus was crucified next to two other criminals, but the them could have also referred to all the hope that they had placed in Jesus. The hope that the, the feelings of forgiveness and purity that he had given to them would, were real, and that they were last, and the, the hope that the way that he had treated them as women would become the way that all men would treat them, or the hope that he would be the Messiah who would deliver them from the systems of injustice and oppression that had plagued their, their country and their region. The hope that, well, what did it even matter? Maybe the headline was true, they would have thought. Jesus wouldn't have been the first one to be heralded as a Messiah 
and wind up hanging on a cross, he probably wouldn't be the last one. And all the hope that they had placed in Jesus, they would have thought had died with him on the cross and been taken to the grave with his body. And it was to that grave that they were now on their way to offer some respect and maybe get some closure. You see, this headline, early Easter morning, could have been a very plausible headline. But as we discussed, the same story could have two very different headlines. And what was about to happen next would completely rewrite the headline of the story. Luke continues, he says that when they get to the tomb, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. This might not have been as abnormal as we think. They might have just thought, well, his disciples came to say their final goodbyes. They had all fled the night he was killed. Maybe they just needed a little bit of closure too. And walking into that tomb with the stone rolled away, they would have expected to maybe see his disciples. But then they would have been surprised because they found that when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Now, here on Easter morning in 2021, we know why the body wasn't there. But you have to realize that the women, when they walked into this tomb, their first conclusion would not have been that something miraculous had happened. They would have thought that something awful had happened. They didn't immediately think that Jesus had risen from the dead. I mean, think about it. If you went home today and you found your Easter ham not in the refrigerator, would you expect to find a pig running around your house somewhere? That is not our first conclusion. They would have thought that Jesus' body had been stolen. And and that would have almost seemed confirmed whenever Mark writes in chapter, uh, chapter 16 of his book that when they walked in the tomb, Jesus was missing, but then they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. They would have thought they walked into a robbery in progress. And they would have thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe we're next. In fact, he wasn't startled. They were. He seemed to be expecting them. So maybe tomorrow's headline was going to be, women killed in a grave robbery gone wrong. What was going on here, they would have wondered. But the young man didn't harm them. He spoke to them and said, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. You're looking for a crucified Jesus. He said, look, you read the article, and you thought that the disarming of power and authority, that the being made a public public spectacle of, the, the, the triumph over by a cross, you thought that these were things that all happened to Jesus. But that was Friday's news, and today's Sunday. That's not what happened to Jesus. That's what happened through Jesus. And what he said next would rewrite the headline of their lives. It would rewrite the headline of the story we're looking at in Colossians. It would rewrite the headline of history. Because the young man said, Jesus isn't crucified anymore. He has risen. He is not here. See, the crucified Jesus was Friday's news, but today's Sunday, and Sunday's news is different. Jesus walked out of that grave, and when he walked out of that grave, a risen Savior, he completely rewrote the headline. He said, the headline is now, Jesus is greater than the grave. Jesus is greater than the grave, and because he is greater than the grave, he transforms the meaning of the story. He said, there was a disarming of power 
and authorities. Jesus took all that the earthly and spiritual powers could throw at him. He took the worst imaginable death and all of the evil of history upon himself. And he died and he carried it to a grave. But when he walked out of that grave, he could have said to the powers that be, what more can you do? And he made them powerless. He said, when there was a public spectacle made, there was a parade that happened, but Jesus wasn't being led in a parade to an execution. Jesus was leading that parade. And in that parade, he marched our sin, our lies, our selfishness, our greed, our lust, our hate. He marched it all to that grave. And now what is true about him can be true about your sin and about my sin. He is not there, and our sin is not there. He took it to the grave and buried it never to be seen again. And when it talks about triumphing over them by the cross, he's saying that Jesus even took that vile symbol of shame and transformed that into something that will be known throughout the rest of history as a symbol of victory. See, the empty tomb empties the cross of its shame and transforms it to an emblem of victory, all because Jesus is greater than the grave. And church family, this is good news, amen? Amen? But there's even greater news because Jesus is greater than the grave. Because not only can Jesus rewrite the headline of the story we're looking at today, but Jesus can rewrite the headline of your life. When you walked in this morning, what, what would you say could be the headline of your life? What's been going on in your life? Maybe your headline is a headline of anxiety and fear. Maybe the headline is, woman spends hours a day glued to alarming news stories. Well, Jesus is greater than your anxiety and your fear, and he can change your headline. He can rewrite it. To woman finds freedom from fear in Jesus. Maybe it's a headline of materialism. It's a headline of just needing more and more and more. The headline could be, man works nightmare hours to achieve the American dream. Well, because Jesus is greater than the grave, Jesus is greater than anything that money can buy. And he can change that headline to... Man finds far simpler but far richer life in Jesus. Maybe it's a headline of addiction. Search for satisfaction ends in a cycle of self-destruction. Jesus can change that headline to fulfilling the empty hole in your life to finding wholeness in Jesus. It could be a painful past victim of a painful past could become victory found in a fulfilling future in Jesus. What's the headline of your life? Jesus doesn't just rewrite headlines of graves. He rewrites headlines of lives. And the biggest headline he can change is from condemned to death because of sin to freedom in life through forgiveness in Jesus. See, in Acts chapter 10, we find Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, preaching a sermon. He's saying that everyone who believes on the name of Jesus will find forgiveness. 
Maybe that's the headline that you need to be rewritten today. You need to Jesus to forgive your sin and give you new life in Him. He can do it. Whatever your headline is, He can redeem it, He can forgive it, He can give you the future that He has for you. And if today you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to find that forgiveness, I just ask that we all bow our heads. I want to give you that opportunity to do it. Don't walk out that door with the same headline you walked in with. If you want Jesus' forgiveness, he'll give it to you. You just have to ask. In fact, if you'd like that, I just want to encourage you to pray with me. Jesus, I believe that you are greater than the grave. And I believe that your death and your resurrection can give me the forgiveness for my sin that I can't earn for myself. So today I call on your name. I believe in you. I give my life to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> on the cross there was the sign that said Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. They wrote his name to mock him. When he walked out of that grave, he took that sign of mockery and he rewrote it. The Jesus of Nazareth, King of the world, and King of our lives. All because he is greater than the grave. I want to invite you, let's give praise to his powerful name today. Would you stand? Would you worship with us?